Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone, and today I'm joined by Patty Ross, who's here to talk with us about getting through changes or transitions in our lives. Patty started working at Nike when she was 16 years old and grew along with Nike as it became a global icon. Besides being an integral part of Nike's leadership team during her three decades with them, Patty was also instrumental in founding the Women of Nike Network, which grew rapidly after its start. Now she's beginning a new career path at Apple and is coming out of a time of obviously big change and transition in her life. Patty is a member of Forward's Board of Directors and has graciously been sharing with us her vast leadership, organizational, and marketing knowledge. Patty's highest passion is helping individuals and business leaders develop, discover meaning and purpose in their personal, professional, and spiritual lives. So I am very excited to hear about her personal and recent experience of enduring change in her life. So Patty, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me today. I know your life is very crazy right now. Oh, well, thank you. It's uh, it's an honor and privilege to be here. So before we dive in to our talk on transition, I would love for you to share just real quick uh, how Forward was lucky enough to have you on our board of directors. Oh, well, that that was uh, quite a journey. Um, so as you mentioned, I spent 34 years at Nike um, and, of course, really heads down I uh, didn't spend a lot of time doing a lot of uh, external kind of commitments just because my career took so much of my effort. And uh, part of my passion was always about the intersection of women in the workplace and uh, and really leading and the connection of your faith and, and spiritual, uh, spiritual kind of journey. So... Um, Women of Nike was a, a network that I was fortunate enough to really kind of uh, create and then also lead. And through that body of work, uh, Diane Pattison had received some visibility that there was this big network of women that were um, were growing and developing and making an impact within Nike. And so she reached out to me Oh, probably five or six years ago, and we had a great conversation sharing best practices and what we were really seeing through the work of intersecting the workplace, women, and faith. And uh, she really was excited uh, about the possibility of me being part of Forward. At the time, I just couldn't commit um, in the spirit of balance uh, and making some you know, personal and professional trade-offs. So when I tr uh, retired 18 months ago, Diane um, found out and, of course, immediately set up a coffee date with me. And <laughs> by the end of that conversation, I was a board member. And so I have actually been a board member for a year um, and uh, definitely participating in a lot of the great programs and work that we're doing at Forward. But I would say that the concentration of where I'm spending my time and energy is really around the mentor uh, program. And mm. that's the corporate mentoring program, but it's also the mentoring program uh, for individuals that we're doing um, through, uh, through Forward. So it's uh, been inspiring and I just, I love to see the impact that we're making in women's lives uh, and really personally, professionally and spiritually. And um, so that's that's been my journey with Forward. <laughs> well, we are very, as I said, thankful to have you. Thank you. So, yeah. So January 
can be obviously an exciting month. You know, you have new beginnings. It's just a new year. You have all new 12 months to do, you know, what you really are hoping and praying the year will hold for you. But this month might also be a little scary, maybe a little discouraging. So, you know, just thinking about what maybe our listeners are going through, maybe they're having to start a new job, or maybe they have a new manager, or maybe they've had to move to maybe even a whole new state, (laughs) are basically starting over. One of the main reasons I wanted to have you join us on the podcast this month is because of your personal story about going through a big change like this. So before we dive into that, why don't you tell our audience about how you started your career at a little company maybe they heard of? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, and you know, I even think it starts beyond my career. It's just, uh, I think it started as a young girl. I, I was the youngest of five, four girls and, and one boy. And I was raised in a family that was really grounded in strong values and discipline and work ethic. And at our dinner conversations, it always centered around, you know, business and sport and education. And so three decades later, it, it probably made sense that I spent the majority of my career in the leading, you know, sports and fitness company in the world. And that was Nike. And, and from a young age, uh, God really gave me the desire to lead and inspire and teach. And so even when I was young, I would always play the role of manager or teacher Um, and I never knew where the passion and interest would take me, but throughout school, I found myself loving to learn and explore and question. And so I was very active in the arts and sports and enrolled in every business class available. And one in particular was marketing and accounting, uh, and it was a personal favorite. So My uh, sophomore year in high school, I was interested in marketing, so I joined DECA, which is a Distributive Education Clubs of America. It's a marketing club that prepares young leaders for the business world, and it was through DECA that I got deeply involved in uh, marketing to the the point where I wrote a business plan, introducing Frito-Lay products into our student store. So um, fast forward, I won state and national honors for that, and Uh, My marketing teacher at the time uh, pulled me aside and said, hey, I want to introduce you to the head of accounting for a new startup shoe company. And uh, they're looking for a part-time accounts payable file clerk. And he goes, I, you know, it would be part-time after school and over the summers. And um, I think you should go talk to him. Well, Fast forward, the head of accounting was his wife. And so um, <laughs> yeah, I went in and I had my first interview. Uh, and this new startup shoe company hired me as their accounts payable file clerk. And that's how I got my foot in the door at, at Nike in 1982. And I often say, which is why mentoring is so important to me, I... Um, I got into Nike because someone believed in me and inspired me to see in myself what I couldn't see. And, you know, uh, Mr. Kelly, uh, my teacher was an individual who helped me really start to build my confidence and uh, provided me access to an opportunity that frankly enabled me to get where I am today. And, and it has been a journey and, Uh, I've had 18 different roles throughout my career. 
So when you talk about change, that's a lot, even though you're with yeah, going to say. <laughs> and I frequently found myself, you know, leading strategy and large organizations and diverse content where frankly, I was not the expert. And, you know, I'll even go as far and say that in several situations, I knew nothing about what I was being asked to lead. And quite often, especially in the early stages of my career, I, I would question myself on whether or not I had the experience and capabilities to do what I was being asked to do. So um, there was there was a lot of moments of se- second guessing myself and insecurity and self doubt and um, you know and I think especially with women dealing with issues of self confidence is a common problem and when you're lacking you know self confidence and and really knowing where your power source comes through it can make it incredibly difficult to move through change. That's been my story, at least, you know, up to this point. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and, and when you were in those situations where you really just didn't feel like you could do it, what got you through that? Well, I, um, you know, I, I tried a lot of things, uh, early in my career, I just tried to work harder and, Mm. um, and to the extent where uh, it, it uh, you know, I lost, I, I failed at my first marriage and I had health issues. I, um, you know, I, I was definitely prioritizing and putting work uh, at the epicenter of my life. And mm. yet I felt that, you know, I, I still wasn't good enough. And so, you know, one avenue was just trying to use my intellect and my drive and my ambition be the compass for how I would get through it. And over time came a lot of consequences and, 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 and trade-offs that frankly, you know, weren't, weren't pleasant. And then, you know, as I started to kind of grow and and mature and, and get through, um, you know, a lot of sadness and, and disappointing moments, uh, I started to look, you know, I was reconnected back to my walk with the Lord and, and my faith. And because gaining confidence and embracing your self-worth is not an overnight process. And mm. um, as we often said at Nike, you know, we have to train for a marathon, not a sprint. So, you know, it takes time and discipline and frankly, grace with yourself because there there's not a perfect path for how we can get there. So, um You know, one of the big shifts is I really started to look, you know, for God, for validation, acceptance and approval versus looking to others. And through that, I started to embrace change with a very different relationship. It was less about fighting the change, trying to control the change and instead leaning in and look for the gifts that moments of change bring us. Mm. So you've been at Nike your entire working life. You've gone yes. through all of these changes and growth and transitions. And it's just, I mean, it sounds like it was overall, you know, a really good experience for you. Very edifying, <laughs> very yeah. growing, very confidence building. You know, basically everyone, it feels like a big family. And then you decide to part ways. So what yeah. happened? Well, um, I would say that uh, about five to eight years ago, my 
my self-worth and my confidence and um, for lack of a better word, the essence of my purpose started mm. to really shift. And I, I started to feel this, this pull to spend a bit more time in silence. So I mm -hmm. attended my first silent retreat and <laughs> uh, I am talking complete Tell me silence. More. <laughs> yeah, that is complete and utter silence. And my very wow. first um, retreat was at um, a Franciscan center down in Los Altos, California. I just went on the web and Googled silent retreats and um, went down there and for five full days, no phone, no email, uh, no, no social media, no conversation, just me, uh, my thoughts and a journal and quiet time. And I was scared to death and, you know, and I'll tell you, my, my husband was nervous of what, what Patty's going to come out on the other end. People at work were like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. You're either going to be in the fetal position in tears or you're going to, you know, sleep the whole time. But um, I, I just felt this, I felt the spirit really telling me I needed to go regardless of what the outcome was. So I left that week of silence with a newfound relationship. And that was a newfound relationship with myself and my father and through mm. God's word and prayer and the Holy spirit, I began to fully experience um, a relationship with God in a way that I never understood. And mm. I started to really feel and hear um, and experience divine guidance for how I saw myself and how I was listening to the Holy spirit for leadership and direction. So I really believe that that was the beginning of my journey. And since then, I've done at least one silent retreat a year. So fast forward a year and a half ago, December, and I usually do it in December. I was at a silent retreat and I um, was in day three and I just, I had this unsettledness and I just kept hearing, I kept saying, God, you know, I just feel like you 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 want to speak to me and you're leading me somewhere but i don't know where it is and so uh at three in the morning uh i woke up and i was led um out to the labyrinth they had an outdoor labyrinth and i started walking there and um it was one of those moments where it just hit me this this word of risk. So I, I actually picked mm. up a, bo a a heart rock. This, they had a bowl of heart rocks with, you know, different names, you know, words on it, wisdom, sing, play, but I picked up the heart rock risk. Oh, and, wow. and I, and it said, listen, and, I mean, in my heart, it just was listen closely and let your heart lead you. And I went back to my room and I looked up risk in the back of my Bible and I went and the first scripture it took me to was Esther 9, 29, 31. 
And it was among Jews, women were expected to be quiet, to serve in the home, and to stay on the fringe of religious and political life. But Esther was a Jewish woman who broke through the cultural norms, stepping outside her expected role to help God's people. And, and, and then so, yes, <laughs> through that through that journaling, I wrote and, and I'm rereading it now because, you know, I, I, I mean, it is literally right here on 12 to 2017. Whatever your place mm-hmm. in life, God can use you. Be open, available and ready because God may use you to do what others are afraid to even consider. And mm-hmm. I walked out of that retreat and two days later I went in, I, you know, for the last seven eight years, I reported directly to the chief operating officer of the company. And I had a one-on-one. And the first thing he said to me is goes, Oh my gosh, you were at a silent, your silent retreat last week, weren't you? And I said, yeah. And he goes, Oh, tell me, he goes, you always have the, the greatest insight coming out of those retreats. What was the big aha this time? And <laughs> I, <laughs> I said, I've decided to retire from the company. And he literally <laughs> fell on the couch. And he said, No, what are you talking about? So I started the process of my retirement exit from the company. And, you know, fast forward, uh, I didn't know why when I was in the midst of it. And I just, oh, I had moments. I mean, people thought I was crazy. What are you doing? Um, I second guessed myself. But I just kept coming back to God, give me peace. Give me, give me a sign that this is what I'm to do. And, and I can see now that my leaving had to create, it created some uh, movement in the organization that may or may not have happened, or at least I can say I was a contributor to the company making some pretty big decisions and bold moves that is going to make the organization stronger. And, uh, you know, and, and through that, the immediate six months after I left, uh, my mother got sick and I was able to be with her and she passed away. So I've had all of these moments of, of, you know, God reminding me. And, and the, and the crazy thing is March 3rd was my last day in the office and my daily devotional a year later on March 3rd was Esther. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and I know that because every night I do a gratitude journal and it's a five-year one. So I can kind of look back to these moments and um, mm. it was, it was amazing. So that, that was really what, that's what created my impetus to leave. Mm. What were some emotions or maybe mental hurdles that you had to get over after leaving Nike. I mean, I imagine that was not easy. No. Um, boy, I went everywhere from um, sadness to uh, uh, insecurity uh, to depression to uh, excitement. Oh, this is going to be great. Uh, to who do I think I am? You know, uh, you know, what did I just do in terms of leaving this amazing brand and, 
and uh, giving up what was a very, very successful uh, career. And it was, it was hard, you know, and, and I, I literally refer to it as I was going through a corporate detox. I was, Mm. I was being stripped of everything that I had ever known and everything that I had really ever defined myself as, and it was all external facing title organization you're involved with, you know, my, uh, influence in, in a big organization globally. Um, I felt very needed, uh, cause people used to reach out to me all the time. Um, and it was, you know, and I, I ran at a really hard and fast pace and suddenly all that came to a screeching halt. And so it was hard and I just kept coming back. There were three things I've done consistently. One is every morning I start with devotional quiet time. And the second thing is that I just really meditate and just try to quiet myself. And and when I say quiet myself, it also means being able to acknowledge and name and embrace some of the emotions that I'm feeling. And and some of them were really hard. And in some ways, some of those emotions were the first time I had ever allowed myself to feel them. And then thirdly, I always bookend my day at the end with a gratitude journal. Even on those days where it took me everything to find something good, I always ended with praise and thanks and gratitude. Okay, so you got through the Nike transition. Like you said, didn't sound like it was all that fun, but you you made it. You're here. So now you're starting a new chapter. And... I'd love to hear kind of how that experience has been. Um, and maybe if you had to narrow down any key elements maybe that have helped during this transition and maybe any other transitions in your life beyond what we've talked about, um, you know, what would those key elements be? Yeah. Um, so I left and uh, the transition was happening and the emotions were happening and um my mom passed in September. And so I started to get to a year ago, actually, uh, around uh, December and the first of the new year, I said, okay, you've worked, you've really been working through a lot of this, you know, kind of uh, detox uh, aspects. And, you know, it's time, it's time, what's next? I mean, you know, back to really doing a lot of reflection on my purpose and and what were my passions and where were my strengths and my skills. So I started to reach out and for the first time in my career, really start to build and strengthen and elevate my external network. And through that process, I started to say yes. I started to say yes to a lot of conversations with people. I started to say yes to a lot of um, consulting opportunities and coaching opportunities. And, um, you know, I was the keynote speaker for some diversity conferences and talked about leadership, authentic leadership in my journey. So I just started to put myself out there in situations that I may not have prior. And through Mm. my saying yes to what was showing up, it was, not only helping me clarify what my work is, it also helped me clarify what my no's were. 
So there were, mm. there were situations where I did certain things and I thought, oh, never doing that again. I mean, that's just, I didn't have fun. I didn't, you know, it just, it, it didn't play to my strengths, you know? So it was really amazing that even though I had this sense of fear and insecurity, I really stepped into this openness to say, what is the worst thing that could happen? I'm going to learn a lot and I'm going to grow. And so, um, you know, through that process, one day I received a call from somebody that just took the head diversity uh, and inclusion role at Apple. And, hmm. you know, and, and we had known each other uh, through other diversity work throughout our years. And um, she said, I heard you're retired. And I said, yeah, I am. She goes, that is craziness. She said, you are not done. Um, I, and I said, well, you know, and I said, well, where are you? And she told me about her journey of how she ended up at Apple and she'd only been there a few months. She goes, Patty, you've got to come down here and at least meet with, you know, a, a good representation of the leadership team. And wow. I said, okay, in the spirit of saying yes, yeah. I said, oh, okay. You know, and if anything, I thought, wow, amazing brand, amazing campus, you know, I want to go down and experience that. So I went down there, spent the day, um, just met a lot of people, had some amazing conversations. And then I came home and the next day they said, we would love to work with you. We would love to ha have you be part of the Apple team. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I was not thinking about going back into an organization of that size you know, because if I wanted to stay in an organization or felt like God wanted me to be in an organization like that, I thought he would have left me at Nike. So I right. just said, well, let's, let's just have this conversation. So, you know, this went on for eight months and I just kept saying, oh, wow. God, that's not where I'm supposed to be. No, that's not it. Sorry. It's just, it, and it just kept coming back around. It kept coming back around and lo and behold, um, they, made me an, a very attractive offer and said, listen, we know that you're, you know, going through a transition of whether or not, you know, how much you want to get back in to a large corporation, but we'd love to hire you. And we just would love to see how it works. And we'd love for you to come in and be an executive advisor to the people organization and have us work, you know, work. It, it, I mean, my job isn't defined at this point. I'm only in week two. Uh, they said, you know, we'd love for you to kind of come in, meet people, ask a lot of questions, get to know the culture and, you know, let's, let's do some great work together. So that's where I am. And there talk about change. I went from an organization where, um, first of all, I've, I've never gone through a new hire orientation until I did just two weeks ago because they didn't have that at <laughs> Nike when I started. And I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anybody. I lost my car in the parking lot the first week and security had to drive me around in a golf cart to oh, find it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, I, I backed up six lanes of, of traffic going into the parking lot because my badge wasn't set up yet for security access. Um, I oh lost my, my phone and it was turned into security and you know, I, I didn't know how to order food because everything is, is digitally uh, enabled there. So I have been stripped down to knowing nothing and talk about change. 
And it's been, I've had moments of, oh my gosh, what have I done to, oh wow, this is amazing because I am starting over and I'm growing and I'm learning and I have no clue where this is going to go, but I know God's hand is in it. So you've talked about silent retreats, gratitude journaling, and how those have been just super instrumental in keeping you centered. So what are some other maybe go-to tried and true methods that you would recommend for weathering change and transition in addition to those? Yeah. Well, I mean, the couple that come to mind that I haven't, I've mentioned briefly, but First of all, it's really surrounding yourself with accountability um, and prayer partners. And and when I say accountability partners, the first thing that really comes to me are are strong mentors. And boy, um, throughout every part of my transition over the last 18 plus months, and even prior to that, um, I have a tribe of mentors around me that um, help me see blind spots that I can't see. Um, that really remind me of the strengths and the gifts that, that I have and and to continue to just really lean into those and, um, remind me that, you know, that I am where I am for a greater purpose, right? You know, this journey is not about Patty and, and Patty's career because I've had a very, very long, successful career. It's a, it's a much bigger, um, I'm on a much bigger path and chapter that I, I'm not even sure what it will be. And my mentors really remind me of that. And, you know, they keep me, they remind me to be in the word and live it and to, um, really take each day and look for something to be grateful for and to learn and to accomplish and to delight in. So, that I can't underestimate enough um, the power that it ha- that has been because there's no way I could have done it alone. I mean, there's just, you know, and, and through that, um, I'm confident that I could transition through any, any change that's thrown my way. So you had mentioned earlier when you know, you're, you're right in the middle of getting acclimated to Apple and you've had all these things go, go wrong or just, just happen. And, you know, I'm sure at times you kind of went, okay, is this really what I need to be doing? Where I need to be Lord. So, you know, obviously that it's working out for you in this situation, but you know, if there is a change, a transition that maybe somebody's going through and it just doesn't get any better, you don't really have that relief at what point, do you start to maybe think about, okay, maybe this wasn't the right path? Well, I, you know, there have been times in my life where I've stayed in situations longer than I should have. And, um, and I think I did because I felt like I could push myself through and versus being really kind of led. I mean, th- there is a difference between um, being a little outside your comfort zone and, uh, you know, a bit fearful versus, you know, I, I 
I'm just not going to move. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to go into change. And, and a lot of people get super stuck of feeling like they have to stay in a situation because that's what is expected from everyone else. So I, mm. you know, I believe that it's important that, and, and it goes back a little bit to the silence. I, I think our soul always knows what to do to heal ourselves. We just mm. have to silence our mind in order to hear it. And if I, you know, in, in reflection, those, those times in my life where I stayed too long, I knew in my heart that it was time to move forward. And I felt, I felt the spirit leading me somewhere different, but I overruled that by listening to the voices in my head and the voices in my head were usually somebody else's voices. Mm. It was certain roles I thought I needed to live up to or scripts or expectations versus being, being, you know, insecure or being a little scared, but realizing that that is start that that is part of my path. Because remember, faith, faith is moving forward without seeing where you're going. And, you know, mm. and so every single time that I've made a step in faith, and felt that that is where I was being led, it is always, always worked out for good. Well, before we go, um, I wanted to get your thoughts on some feedback slash concerns that we received from our audience regarding this topic of transition and change. We asked on Instagram, uh, what were some concerns that our followers had about big life changes and transitions? And overwhelmingly, the responses were, and you've, and you've talked about a lot of them, um, fear of the unknown, that lack of confidence that we talked about earlier, and what we just talked about in the previous question, what should I do if this doesn't work out? So I would love to hear your advice for anyone that's maybe right in the middle of feeling any of those emotions about a change or a transition in their life. And especially any advice you have for finding support when you're going through a transition, even if it's going okay, you know, I feel like you still could benefit from some kind of support um, and what you can and should do to prepare yourself for the unknown? Well, I, um, first of all, I always, um, when I'm thinking about what I can control, I put it into three buckets. Um, there's, there's my bucket, there's others buckets, and there's God's bucket, the divine. And so the first thing when things start surfacing in my life and I think I need to get in and control it or it's the fear of the unknown, I have to go back to say, okay, is this something that I can control and need to be, you know, really kind of mindful of? Is this, you know, is this other people's stuff that I'm picking up or trying to control or influence? Um, or is this, is, is this God, right? I mean, is this something that I need to hand over? And what that allows me to do is it first calms me down that I don't have to figure everything up because at the end of the day, we only need to stay in our bucket. I mean, what can we control and influence? And then the rest we have to hand over or let go of. 
And so when, when I've been in the midst of change, first of all, I just really understand, okay, what is it that is overwhelming me or what is, what is the concern? What is the challenge? Um, what bucket is it in? And then it's really starting to name some of the emotions and uh, voices and insecurities that are starting to come up. And I, I literally write them down, you know, um, for example, when I was, you know, contemplating retiring from Nike, it's like, okay, uh, I'm going to be without a job. Uh, I'm no longer going to have a paycheck coming in every two weeks. Uh, what am I going to do about insurance? And so I started asking myself all these questions and really just being with the discomfort. And then I really started to sit on each one and say, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then once I answered that, then what would be the worst thing that could happen? And I started to peel back the layers of the onion. And once I really got down to the basics of what the fear or the concern or the insecurity was, it wasn't that big of a deal. And I think that's what overwhelms us a lot of times is that we, we make these change moments in our lives as if they are much, much bigger, much more complex, much more difficult than they have to be. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes these changes are life altering and that, and, and so that is very real, but I still think the process of being able to allow yourself to feel it, to be in it, to name in it, and then surround yourself with people that can really be trusted advisors um, and advocates, um, you know, go to the people that you can be very vulnerable with and raw and, and also people that aren't going to just tell you what you want to hear. They're going to be people that really, you know, kind of make sure that they're holding up that mirror back so that you can see what's going on in you that you may not be able to see. It goes back to that comment about the blind spots. So I just, I, I think you have to be in it. And I think that's part of our journey as a, a Christ follower that God wants us relying on him. And the minute we think we have it all figured out and we can control it, we, we should almost count on there's going to be change introduced into our life. And through change comes growth, discovery. And in, in my experience, a lot of amazing, amazing blessings. And I'll jump in and add to that. So, you know, if you're listening right now and you you do need somebody that can hold that mirror <laughs> for you, um, Forward actually has a mentor program. Um, and Patty has talked a lot about mentorship. It's something that Forward was built on. It's one of the things that we just especially love and that we really advocate for women. Um, and we actually have a session that is coming to a close pretty soon um, as far as applications go. Uh, January 11th, I believe, is the deadline to apply for that. So I will include a link on our show notes page for that. But, you know, it's just, and Patty, you can speak to it if you'd like to as well. But, you know, the Forward Mentor Program is just a place where anybody at any age, at any point in their career can come and they get, like you said, that person to hold a mirror and, you know, not not hold their hand and, you know, not tell them everything's going to be okay. I mean, obviously they, they want it to be for you, but you know, they, 
they can come alongside you during a big change, a big transition, and just kind of help you keep your focus and keep your head. <laughs> um, you know, and it's, and it's something too that it's built on a faith foundation. So you're not just getting career advice, you know, you're also going to be getting spiritual advice, heart advice, um, just grounded in God's word. Um, and Patty, I, have you been a part of the mentor program? Absolutely. Um, I have, I've been a mentor, uh, since I joined forward and, uh, I'll tell you, I, I grow as much as, uh, my mentee grows and, we learn a lot. Um, it's, it's really, like you said, there's very few mentor programs that have the intersection of, in fact, I don't think there are any that have the intersection of professional, personal, and spiritual goals. So being able mm -hmm. to really kind of go deep uh, in all aspects of your life uh, where it's really about relationship, we're, we're building relationship um, as mentors and mentees and it's going beyond competencies, right? It's sharing um, our character, our values, uh, help creating self-awareness and, and empathy. And it's just about building your confidence and optimism, uh, not only through your professional aspects of your life, but all aspects of your life. And, and it's just been incredibly rewarding. And the number of testimonies that we continue to receive uh, by both mentors and mentees of how this program and how this work has changed our life is, is, is really what is super inspiring. And it also reminds us that this God's in the middle of this. Um, you know, all of this work is being led by him and we're, we're just fortunate enough to be vessels to be able to um, drive that, that connection. Mm. Yeah, uh, I second what you said. I mean, we constantly are just hearing about just straight God stories. <laughs> I mean, some of the things that come out of these mentorship pairs is just all you can do is sit back and go, wow, that was 100% God. And, you know, it's it's rewarding to us. It's humbling to us. I mean, we're doing something that we love by connecting these women. And, you know, when we are able to hear back from them that they've gotten more confidence, they've move forward in their careers or they figured out where they want to go, if they want to even get back into a career. Um, because like I said, we have anybody, anybody from any point in their career path. Um, so if that is something like I mentioned that you would maybe want to start the new year with, I mean, I think starting in January with a mentor program, that would be pretty awesome to make sure your year goes the way you want it to. Um, so that deadline again is January 11th. And then we will have two more sessions uh, later on in the year as well. So if you just kind of keep an eye on our social media, um, we will be able to tell you when those next sessions are. So Patty, thank you so, so much for talking with us today. I think this was just an inspiring conversation for one. And I feel like it was just chock full of exactly what women going through a big transition or change right now would want to hear. Well, thank you. Um, you know, I think we learn from each other and uh, I think part of our gifts is being able to share our stories. And, and when you hear other stories, you realize that um, while on the outside, it may look like everyone else has things figured out. We're all on this journey together. And as long as we continue to, stay close to, um, you know, our faith and, and, you know, surround ourselves with people that can support us through that process. It's, 
it's a pretty powerful journey. Well, we're glad you joined us for this conversation about change and transition and how to navigate this oftentimes chaotic chapter in your life. For more information about this episode's guest and to access the links mentioned, please visit our website, forwardwomen.org. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org. And then click on the podcast graphic on our homepage. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for Real Talk Grounded in Truth.